Welcome to Cornerstone, where we are seeing lives change through the truth of God's Word and the love of God's people. We're glad you've joined us. Today, we'll be hearing from a special guest speaker. Listen in and be encouraged as we spend some time in God's Word together. Good morning, Cornerstone. How's everyone doing? Doing good? It is so good uh, to be here this morning just worshiping Jesus. If we haven't met, my name is Andy Garcia. It's super humbling to uh, get to open up God's Word with you today. It's also super humbling just to be a part of a church that is so committed to, to uplifting Jesus. I, uh, I have the privilege of being the, the student pastor here as well. Um, I'm just thankful. Thankful you're here. Thankful for an excited, uh, a great word this morning. But before we jump into it, I wanted to start with a story. I am um, currently a student at Dallas Theological Seminary. They have a campus right up here, up 59. Uh, and this right here is my spiritual formation group. It's a thing that they require us to be a part of, but it's not really a requirement. It is such a joy. And uh, these are, uh, this, is, this is Richie, uh, Parker, Fred, and guys in Houston, different churches, different ages and stages. And, and one of the cool assignments we did this year was to share our life story. Uh, and specifically, we were sharing uh, with the intention of trying to trace uh, themes, trends, uh, threads that, that we have seen throughout our life, and specifically how God has, has used those things for His glory. And when, when you step back and you have that perspective, uh, generally with just a little bit of time and, and, and a lot of humility, you can see, man, God was doing something. Um, and... This probably isn't a surprise, but the number one theme that was shared was suffering. Um, And I'm young, maybe very young, and uh, obviously I I know that's true, uh, but it was interesting just because, you know, I've recently left college and things like, I've only been following Jesus five years, and and I've seen uh, just a very common temptation to believe, man, I come to Jesus and weren't things supposed to get easy? (laughs) Right? As if life just takes me on this up and to the right, you know, curve, when really uh, walking with Jesus from our vantage point, not from God's, but from ours, is, is really this, this kind of stumble, you know, uh, two steps forward, one step back. And uh, we've seen this theme uh, this summer as we've been walking through First Peter. Um, it's... Today marks the end of our study of 1 Peter. We're going to be in chapter 5, closing out the book. Uh, and we've seen this kind of roller coaster type theme where, where, you know, Peter bursts onto the scene like, you're born again to a living hope, Christian. Like, you got an inheritance. That's pretty awesome. And then repeatedly throughout the book, I mean, he's just, he's just throwing those punches where it's like, hey, don't be surprised, you know, when you suffer. He says in, in 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. And he says that phrase, you know, sharing Christ's sufferings, I believe three times throughout the book. It's his thesis that even when life is hard, we can rejoice in God. Even when we're suffering, uh, maybe specifically for our faith or just in general because life stinks sometimes, 
that we can rejoice in God. Uh, which to the world, you know, the, the air we breathe, that's crazy. Right, man? I, I thought I'm supposed to rejoice in things that feel good. Now rejoice when things are painful. Uh, so my, my uh, hook question today, is it crazy to be a Christian? Uh, is it crazy to be a Christian? And like any good gospel preacher, Peter is going to uh, say no, uh, and he's going to keep telling us that we can, uh, albeit just in a little, little bit of a different way today. So before we jump in, will you guys pray with me? Father God, thank you for um, your word. God, thank you that um, yeah, my, my job this morning is to just open it up and tell people what it says. Um, God, thank you that through your word, um, you're drawing people to yourself, that uh, the good news that Jesus came and died for sinners and rose and is coming back again um, is all we need for life and godliness. It's all we need for uh, comfort and conviction. God, I pray that this morning uh, we would just be encouraged of the hope we have in the gospel um, and encouraged to press on um, in hope. We pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 5, um, starting in verse 5. But a little bit of recap. Last week we talked about leaders. Always oh, super fun. I got humbled. I'm like, shoot. Uh, and we, yeah, we, we, we talked about leaders, but I want to put this uh, chunk of Scripture just in its proper place, because this is coming at the end end of the letter, right? And this, this wouldn't have, they, they, they don't do what, what we do, right? They didn't break it up over a long period of time. They sat down, they, they read the letter all the way through, right? And so this letter was being written um, in the context of suffering. This is, uh, you know, around 40-ish AD um, to a group of believers that are scattered throughout Asia Minor, you know, Turkey. And you can see that in chapter one if you like geography, you can see those cities, um, but this is a group of people that, that are suffering and specifically suffering for their walk with Christ. Uh, and we've seen, uh, and, and, and I'll pause right here, and, and maybe you're like, yeah, like reading books like First Peter are hard for me because, you know, I'm not being persecuted for my faith, right? And that is a very real sobering reality, right? And we, we should be aware of that. We should pray for that. We should, we should want to encourage those believers. Uh, and so we might just kind of disregard, hey, First Peter ain't for me. First, Pe- First Peter ain't for me. But this summer, we have seen, no, First Peter has everything to do with you and me. Because the suffering that it's talking about is, is the normal, everyday sufferings of being, being a Christian, being an exile in a place that's not your home. Right? We've seen examples of just suffering for righteousness sake. Hey, you do the right thing, you ain't going to get rewarded for it. Right? If somebody asks you why you do what you do and you say, you know, I'm trying to please God, you know, they, they might mock you or, or insult you or slander you. Uh, Peter gives examples about submitting to, to ungodly authorities. Um, he talks about uh, being in relationship, close relationship, marriage with spouses that may not be walking with Christ and how difficult that might be. And uh, not to mention just the normal everyday um, 
life in a fallen world of, of, of the effects of sin, you know, spreading through society um, and the, the consequences of death and, and tragedy. And so First Peter has everything to do with you and me. Um, so let's uh, keep that in mind. Uh, and also keep in mind he's talking to believers today. Keep that in mind as well. Um, let's read, starting in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. First thing I want us to see today is the encouragement to rest in God. <laughs> that should be no surprise, right? We're at church, right? I knew he was going to say that. Rest in God, right? This is what they... This is what I'm going to school for, right? It's that simple. Rest in God. And yet, man, if we had admit, man, anyone else tired? Anyone else worn out from life? Anyone else? Thank you, Ozzy. Anyone else, you know, still being bothered and, and, and nagged by, by the residual effects of fighting their sin? Right, right? When I thought, you know, I'd come to Jesus, I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of all that. And yet it's this ongoing process of being sanctified and coming again and again and again and seeing Jesus. I need Jesus, right? And Jesus is all that I need. He's enough for me. And uh, this, is, this is how Peter starts, um, just to highlight this point a little more. Uh, this is my wife, uh, V and I. We were meeting with Paul Helbig and his, and his wife, Crystal. And just kind of a cool story, Paul uh, some of you know Paul, Terry smiling, he knows Paul. Paul was a, the youth pastor at the church that we were birthed out of way back when. And uh, he loves our church. He's, he's been trying to mentor me and encourage me. And, uh, and he, he was like, man, Andy, don't, don't be cute with anything, man. Don't be cute. Just preach the gospel, man. Preach the God. T- take, your, take your A-team kids, you know, the kids that, that come every week, you know, the kids that, are, that got Christian families, the kids that are reading their Bibles. And if you grill those kids deep down, some of them still are struggling to believe, does God really love me? Right? Does God really love me? When I, when I look at my life, I see what I'm experiencing. I see everything that's going out there. And it's a very real, understandable question to be, okay, Peter, does God care about me? And cast my cares on him because God cares for me. Um, that might sound like empty motivation, right? He cares for you. Come on. He cares for you. And what, uh, what it's such a privilege to do this morning is uh, to put some meat on the bones, right? And say, man, <laughs> care? Caring just this empty word? Um, because the theme throughout Scripture, if we want to talk about themes, is God's care. Now, this book is a story about how much God cares for his people and what he was willing to do uh, to demonstrate that care for them. Uh, and so before we get into to some of these exhortations, uh, I just wanted to pose the question, how do we know, how do you know that God cares for you? Uh, it's not a mystery. It's not something we, we have to... Uh, you know, go to school for, or, or, or be a scholar, or, or be this great philosopher. It is laid out very clearly the way that God cares for us. And it's not new to First Peter. Um, 
In chapter 1, verse 18, we saw that uh, Peter is, is describing a, any believer's testimony, and he says, you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. That word ransomed is like an epic, loaded word. Ransom gives this idea of that you were, you were bought back from something. And we know from the testimony of Scripture that our problem was, man, we, were, we, we, we are born dead in our sin and enslaved to our sin with no hope in this world apart from God. And that we were, we were bound to, to our own ways, to our own devices, and yet God ransomed us from our sin. Not with perishable things, not with God loves you because you got it all together and you, you cleaned out your outer, outward appearance and you came to church and, 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 and you, you, know, you, you white-knuckled your sin. No, because we were ransomed because of the precious blood of Christ. Right, that Christ died for our sins and took the burden of our guilt, the punishment we deserve for our sins. God put that on his own son for us. He says it differently in chapter 2. He says, Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree. Right, I just love that it says tree. Uh, on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. That, that we don't have to be defined by our sin anymore. But instead, we get to be defined by Christ's work on our behalf. It says, by his wounds, you have been healed. You were straying like sheep, right? I, 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 uh, I've been here for a year now, and uh, the dominant theme that comes out in my teaching to the students is not, hey, uh, look at all the good things I did in life. Follow my example. No, it's look at all the bad things I did. I'm not ashamed to share my sin because I know man, Jesus rescued me. Uh, and then finally in chapter three, he, puts it, he says, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, right? This is, this is the, the core crux of what we believe, right? This is the gospel, that because of our sin, we were separated from God, but God in his mercy I stepped down, did what we couldn't do, um, sent his son who, who bore God's wrath on our behalf so that we could have a relationship with God, right? That is the pillar and foundation at, for these believers, and that should be our pillar as we're reading uh, these verses. So back to verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. The first question is, man, do, do you get your comfort uh, from, from everything, from, from your circumstances and how life is going, or from the unshaking reality and that Christ has proven his care for you? We know that he cares for us. Um, and so, some application, uh, how do we actually rest in God? I love Peter. He he just says it plainly, humble yourselves, humble yourselves, that, that every day we have an opportunity to wake up and, and, and either act like we deserve something from God, or we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and say, God, regardless of what happens to me today, I know you love me because you've proved it for me, right? You've proved it for me. I know, I know, I know you're not indifferent. I know you're not unaware. 
I, I know you're, you're not distant because you condescended and suffered more, more than any of us could ever experience. It is so humbling. Uh, and I'll say, you know, what, what do we have to, you know, what's, what's at stake here? It's that when we don't do that, man, it's exhausting, right? Trying to care for yourself. You know, there's kind of a self-care out there, kind of, you know, uh, go get some R&R. Anybody ever been on a vacation? You come back more tired than when you left, right? It's because rest is found in Christ. And me, just as much as anybody, right, needs that reminder, man. Andy, today, you need to come to Christ. And I love in verse 5, just to go back one verse, Peter gives this imagery. He says, clothe yourselves with humility. It's like you're getting ready in the morning. Every day, when we, when we step out into that big, bad world, you know, we, we have an opportunity to be bitter and, and, and frustrated by the way life is, or we can go out confident and secure that, that God loves us because he's shown us his love. Uh, we, can, we can go out and, 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 and complain that, that people aren't bowing to our will and doing what we want, or we're, we're not getting the results we want, or... We can clothe ourselves with humility um, because Christ, in humility, humbled himself to the point of death for us. Um, and so uh, just to kind of transition here, church, if we are to endure suffering, if we want to be people that, that make it the long haul, we must humble ourselves, resting in Christ's finished work, his death and resurrection on our behalf. Uh, and that's hard to do. That, that's actually really hard to do. I, uh, you know, was just at A&M, and I've seen plenty of my friends, you know, who grew up in the church just, just walk away, you know, gospel ain't not enough for me anymore, you know, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. And uh, that's really, really sad, right? And, and there's a lot of people out there that are, that are disillusioned and, and, and struggling. Um, is, is, is Jesus really enough? And that, Peter gives us um, some encouragement and a warning of, of why some of that is. He says in verse 8, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Peter, as he's finishing this letter, I mean, it's his, it's his final words. You know, he's going to die somewhat soon. Some of these guys might die somewhat soon. And, and he, he, he just tacks it on the end. He goes, oh, but, and by the way, man, don't forget, there's a real enemy, a real enemy, a real enemy that is seeking to come after you. And, uh, you know, I know we're in America and, you know, it's the 21st century, you know, devil, is that that little guy at Torchy's Tacos, you know, I got the little, little dude on the bag. I'm like, like, that's basically my conception, right? <laughs> and yet the Bible gives this, this serious, deeply serious uh, uh, description uh, of, of who the devil is and what he's up to. I, I, I found... Uh, I'm, I'm 
taking this from somebody else, uh, but they write, if, if, if you study the Bible, you have to believe the devil exists. Just listen. He tempted Eve in Genesis 3. He tempted Christ in Matthew 4. He perverted the word in Matthew 4. He opposed God's work in Zechariah 3. He hindered the servants of God in 1 Thessalonians 2. He hinders the gospel, Matthew 12. He blinds the minds of the unbelievers, 2 Corinthians 4. He ensnares the wicked, 2 Timothy 2. He deceives the nations. Uh, he comes as an angel of, of light, to, seeking to deceive. Um, and he accomplishes the entrance of sin and the fall of the human race. He appears before God in Job. And he walks about as a roaring lion in 1 Peter 5. And there's, there's a lot more uh, that the Bible says, but we take the devil seriously because Jesus takes the devil seriously, right? And, and, and I, I, I know, trying to know my audience, I know I don't need to convince most of you. And you just go outside, right? And you see, you're like, man, there's something. Yes, people are responsible. Yes, you know, people apart from Christ need to repent, right? But, but, but our neighbors, that ain't our enemy. Right? That ain't our enemy. The Bible makes it clear, man. In the, in the end, there's one enemy, right? And, and, and right now, he's got his grip on people. And it is, it, is, it is our aim to go to them and say, you know, come to Christ, be ransomed, be transferred from this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, right? We, we need to take uh, the devil seriously. Um, we must acknowledge him. Uh, but I want to, to spend just a second here because Peter does talking about well, in, in, in what way should I interact with him? You know, I, uh, there's a lot of, you know, I love the body of Christ. I love the diversity. But not every church, you know, worships like we do, right? I, uh, I've spent time in churches where, you know, everybody kumbaya and there's all sorts of crazy stuff and, and uh, you know, I'm, they're stomping all things. No, I'm, 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 I'm bounding up the devil right now. I'm, you know, you know, we're about to throw him out this place. And I'm like, what? Where is he? I don't see him. Uh, and if you got him, go tell the other church you did, you know, because, you know, we must be done here, right? Uh, and so in what way do we, we really interact um, <clears throat> look back at verse 9. Peter says, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Uh, to go back a verse, sorry, verse 8. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Lion. It's, a, it's an interesting metaphor. Because when you think about it, like, why would a lion, like, roar at you, you know, like, for it? Wouldn't it kind of, you know, kind of sneak up on you and like, prounce on you? But why, like, why go, ah, you know? Like, the, the, really what Peter is trying to do here is, is give a description of the devil, which is, man, he's all talk, he's no game. He's all talk. All he can do is get in your face and, 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 and incite fear in you, yell at you. And it's what he's been doing, right? It's what we see in Genesis 3. Did, did, did God really say, right? That's the original temptation. Did, did God really say? And, and again today, the same lies that are being heard around the world is, is did, did, did God really 
take care of your sin? No, no, no. no. Is, is, is Jesus really all you need? If he really knew that you're still struggling in the way in which you are, you know, really? He's going to accept you, right? It's the same thing. He accuses us. That's what his name means. Satan means the, the accuser. And when he does, the, the, the one weapon he's got is to accuse us of our guilt. But when that's been taken care of on the cross, man, we can, we can look at him and resist him, right? And little, little theology, he's a created being, right? He's not like God. He's nowhere like God. He's, he's not everywhere all the time. I, yesterday, uh, this is funny, hopefully. Yesterday, you know, I'm trying to finish, finish this up, make my slides, you know, get my head straight. And uh, I was up here at the church, and uh, I was actually getting a piano upstairs for the students so we could sing on Sundays. And, and uh, anyway, I leave. I'm going home. I'm running out of gas, so I pull over to get gas. And, uh, and I, I don't have my wallet. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like a man code, right? Every time you leave anywhere, it's like, pa pa pa. You know, I got it. And I was like, how? Why? Not today, right? Not today. Uh, and I was with my buddy, so I just slipped out when I was in his car. And uh, some people, you know, go, I hear it all the time. Man, devil's after me, man. That was the devil. You know, devil, devil made me lose my wallet, right? That's, that's not his agenda, right? His agenda is to oppose the purposes of Christ, right? Not to make Andy lose his wallet, right? And so if that's so, if he's, if he's, if he's coming after our faith, uh, look again at how Peter says we should respond. Verse 9, resist him firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. Not, not, not faith that is like, hey, I'm so awesome and, 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 and you know, I love Jesus so much, so, so back off. No, it's Jesus loves me. You ain't got nothing. Jesus loves me. I'm secure in Christ. My sins are paid for. You can leave now. <laughs> Right? James 4, 7 says, all throughout the Bible says, flee this, flee that, sexual immorality, all these things. You know what it never says? Flee the devil. You know what it says? Resist him. In James 4, 7, it says, you know, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not because you're so strong, but because we're so strong in Christ. And when it, of course, it doesn't feel like that, right? But that's why we got to look to Jesus. Got to look to Jesus. I mean, go deeper into the gospel and see, man, that's all I need. I cross, that's all I need. Uh, <clears throat> so some, some application uh, just for this morning. I, I want you to... Uh, yeah, just consider maybe how you are engaging um, in this war. Now, are you fighting to believe the gospel? I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. I should have said it earlier, but uh, there are two equal and opposite errors in which our race can fall into about the devil and all the dark stuff. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. Are you taking your fears? Are you taking the lies that you're hearing to the gospel? Yeah. 
And uh, what's interesting, too, about these commands is also um, that they're corporate commands, right? We read these as if, as if uh, oh, man, shoot, all right, I got to humble, I got to resist, I got this, I got that. And yet the, uh, I'm learning Greek at school, but not really. Like, I'm not that, it's a very slow process, but I know just enough to be slightly dangerous, just enough. And what I do know is that these verbs are all plural, right? It's together, let's humble ourselves. Together, as a church family, let's resist. Together, as a church family, let's press in, right? Let, let's, let's spur one another on to Jesus, right? It, it, it is it's coming on Sunday, uh, I, I feel so spoiled. I get to be here like multiple times a week. I get to see the students. We're talking about the gospel. We're, they're reminding me just as much as I'm reminding them. We got some amazing students here. Um, coming on Sunday, I mean, if that's your one shot of encouragement, you know, that's, that's, not, a, that's not that much, right? We need each other throughout the week because it's hard. It's hard. Uh, <clears throat> We keep going. Uh, verse 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in, in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Last thing I want us to see today, and we kind of tie things up and bring it home is that we get to rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope. Look at verse 10. After you have suffered a little while. Really? <laughs> a little while, right? I know. I'm not naive to know, man, there's, there's people in here that have experienced some real suffering. And you're like, a little while? It's been my whole life, man. It's been a little while. Right? And yet, and yet Peter is saying, no, 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 man, look up, look up, zoom out <laughs> after a little while. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. The God of all grace, the God of all grace, meaning, man, if he started you know, you came to Jesus and he saved you and you trusted in him for the forgiveness of your sins and that was purely his work, not yours, right? If, 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 if it's by grace through faith in Jesus alone, right, that we are saved, then, then the logic therefore goes, man, if he saved me and is going to, to one day bring me, then every single moment in between, man, God is a God of grace, Right? If, if, if I did nothing to start this, I can't do, to, to, to earn this, I can't do anything to lose this. Right? And, and these, these, you know, humble yourself, you know, come on, man, humble yourself. Remember the gospel, resist, be watchful, be sober-minded. That might land on you as if, oh, shoot, man, I got to pick it up. Right? I got to pick it up. No, these, these are the means by which God pours out his grace. We can't even take, we, we, they're not juxtaposed, they're not contradicting each other, right? It, it is, it is, it, it's not, hey, here's a promise 
And yet uh, some a little, a little, little bit depends on you to kind of hold up the other end of the promise. No, but God in his beautiful sovereignty and wisdom says, no, as you're doing those things, it's going to be me doing those things, right? I got you. I got you. I'm the God of all grace, all grace. Where else are you going to go for help? I'm the one. I'm the one, not you. I'm the one. Um, And after you have suffered a little while, I will myself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Those are all words just kind of crescendoing on each other, you know. We're not meant to parse out what the difference between those four mean. It's all the same thing. Um, That there's a day that's coming when when our ongoing suffering with the lingering consequences of our sin will be taken care of, when the, when the suffering uh, that, the, that the enemy inflicts uh, will be taken care of. We see in Revelation that, that, that Christ is going to come and, and, and kick the devil, you know, for good, right? Uh, throw him into the lake of fire. And so we rejoice in hope, knowing what's coming. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And, uh, I know all this is like pretty, you know, ABCs of Christianity, uh, and, and I know there's, there's days when, you know, the simple truths that God loves you because he sent his son to die for you, that we have a real enemy we should resist, and that we can rejoice in hope, that, that sometimes it just doesn't hit home, you know, I, I know that, I know that, and I know especially um, for those right now who are currently suffering. Um, man, it's hard, and you don't need some young guy just believe, believe, you know, Jesus, 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 the answer. Uh, that is true, right? But I, I want to encourage you uh, by just reading a couple more uh, verses. This is Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. He says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. You guys catch that? It says this momentary affliction is preparing, is preparing. The suffering that we experience isn't just these random coincidences. It's not just meaninglessness. Man, why God did this happen to me? No, it's actually doing something. It's actually doing something. I wish I could tell you <laughs> exactly, uh, but if, 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 of course we don't see it. That's why Paul goes on and says, so we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, right? For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Um, just to go back to verse um, 11, I just love that word dominion. Uh, it's that regardless, uh, I mean, you could go do a, probably a big study on it, but it's just this idea that, that regardless of anything, I mean, God is sovereign, and that, 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 that the devil is not sovereign, that your suffering is not sovereign. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, right, not now, but coming a day, everything will make sense. 
And there will be a glory and, and a rejoicing because of all that we have experienced. None of it is wasted. If God is, is, has dominion and we know the character of God because he's proven it, right? You know, suffering is a problem for everyone, right? If you don't believe in God, it's not like suffering is easier to manage, right? Suffering is a problem for, for, for everyone, uh, <clears throat> But because of Christ and because of the gospel, while we are suffering, while we are suffering, because we will, <clears throat> we have the hope of, of knowing a God who, who's experienced infinitely, who's, who's experienced suffering infinitely. Right? He's the suffering servant. One final passage. This is Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. Let's keep going. Let's run with endurance the race that is set before us Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, knowing, knowing that we know a God who's suffered, therefore knowing that we know a God who's endured. Um, church, let's, let's press on. I mean, they're real... I mean, I work with students, right? I see what they see. We need you. We need you. This church needs you. Every single one of you. You may not feel like, man, I'm not no teacher or whatever. You know, I, we all need each other to keep saying, man, look to Jesus. It's hard to breathe out there. And praise God we have a hope that we know Jesus um, Jesus is king and Jesus is coming. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Um, God, thank you just for the encouragement that it is, um, that the gospel is more than enough. God, help us to, to be people that continually humble ourselves, see our need for Jesus, um, and God, see you continue to meet us uh, in our sufferings and in our needs. God, would you get glory uh, from, from our church um, that we would be a needy church, that we would, that we would say, man, don't, we ain't got it all together. We, we, we roll with Jesus. Jesus, uh, Jesus provides for me. Um, God, would you um, just get all the glory from, from our lives? God, thank you for the confidence um, that you have the last word, that you have dominion. Um, God, would this uh, word encourage somebody today as we go on uh, suffering, but in hope that we're just a little, little bit closer um, to being home. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. For further information about today's podcast or our church in general, please visit us at cornerstonecbc.org. That's cornerstonecbc.org. Thanks. See you next time.